Well, good morning. Good to see everybody in the house of the Lord today. Glad to see so many people here. I know a lot of our folks are traveling, and so be in prayer for travel mercies for a lot of our folks all over the place. And How many feel like David in Psalm 122, verse 1? He says, I was glad when he said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. How many are excited to be in the house of the Lord today? And I certainly am as well. And Let's ask God to give us a, a really good day. And Before we pray, though, I want to take care of a couple of housekeeping things. We'll do announcements right up front, and, and just remember, for those of no 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 service tonight and uh, I do have a we have a fellowship event happening and I do have a couple tickets left so if you're interested in going to the uh, to the we're, we're getting all redneck tonight you're interested in going to the dirt track races ten thousand dollars to win amen I would have wrecked my grandmother back in the day to, for ten thousand dollars to win so uh, if you're interested in going with us you let me know we got a couple extra tickets we'd love to have you with us tonight and uh, and so join us there for uh, looking ahead Tuesday night I invite you to be here it'll be our final uh, in a series I've been preaching on principles for finance. It'll be your last one there. And, and uh, Sunday school, we're doing spiritual leadership. I invite you all to come there. Don't forget next week, uh, next Sunday evening, we've got a special church meeting for church members uh, next Sunday night. and want to, Everybody needs to be planning to be there and be involved with that. And uh, so lots going on. Prayer advance, ladies, you can read about all that. Our revival's right around the corner. Boy, I'm excited about having uh, Evangelist Taylor Glips be with us. Uh, uh, just uh, more and more I've, I've learned about him uh just uh mightily used of god just a good solid bible preacher and excited to have him uh be with us here in just a few weeks give a couple things to hand out here that i haven't handed out in a while we want to catch this up but we're going to start with miss cheyenne wilson because she's in the sanctuary today she's been a uh, attending in the parking lot a lot in the cars, but I, we got her today, so I'm going to embarrass her. So now, I don't know how this works, Cheyenne, because I got part 26, you complete it, then I got part 30, which would be the final, you're done with everything. This means she completed the entire Through the Bible series, unless she skipped 27, 28, and 29, which I'm not sure about right now, but... But anyway, I appreciate appreciate you appreciate you working through the Bible, Miss Miss April McMillan as well. We've got one. This is older, but I want to get it to you because it's been a little while. But she's through 17 of the lessons and through the Bible. You said, "What are you talking about through the Bible, preacher?" Well, I want you to uh, realize on our back table back there we have two discipleship series you can go through. One of them's A to Z. It's a very doctrinal one. I invite you to do that one. I would recommend that one first. Then we also have through the Bible, which is more devotional, but through the Bible it gives you places to read and ways to get into God's Word. And so the, he said, I struggle getting God's Word. Y'all give her a hand, sorry. <laughs> and uh, I struggle getting into God's Word. This is ways to get you into God's Word, and that's what we want you to do. And then, boy, I'm excited about Miss Jackie King. All right. Amen. And she's uh, she finished this a while ago, but we've uh, uh, she's been unable to be here for a while but good to have her back in the house of the lord today and we're so excited you're here and praying for you and your family and and we love you amen amen and uh, also good to have brother jd spence back with us today amen he survived he said he's back in rhythm that means he's going to sing for us here in a little bit and uh, we're going to put him on the spot there but anyway uh, let's pray and let's ask god to bless and help us today father what a what again a privilege it is to be here together today to be assembled lord we look forward to hearing the lord singing praises to you glorifying you through song and and then a little later as brother brandon comes to preach to us today lord i pray that you'd bless him i pray that you'd use him mightily today this morning and thank you 
you for uh, young servants that you're calling into the ministry, Lord, that you, they have a heart's desire to, to, to please you, to serve you, to, to, to be a spiritual leader, Lord, that you've called them to be, and as we talked about in Sunday school. And I pray that you'd bless us. I pray that you'd encourage us where encouragement's needed. I pray you'd challenge us, Lord, where we need challenges in our life. That I just pray your Holy Spirit would take the, uh, the, the Scriptures, the Word of God, and apply it to each and every heart and life. If there would be somebody here today who's never trusted you as their personal Savior, I pray today, Lord, they'd understand that there's a God in heaven that loves them, that died for them and robed himself in flesh, came here to this earth for one reason, that was to seek and save that which is lost, uh, willingly laid his life down on the cross, died for them, was buried, rose again, and is willing to save them if they would turn and put their trust in him. Thank you for being that kind of God today. And just have your will and way. May Jesus be magnified in our service today. In Christ's name, amen. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you back here. Let's go ahead and stand as we jump into the worship part of our service. Um, sometimes it definitely, especially during this time, it's easy to feel frazzled, easy to feel just like, not sure what's going on, what to do, but hey, it's okay. God is still on the throne. He's still the king of the world, and we can lean on him through his promises and scripture. And so let's go ahead and sing, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, 
Revelation 4 and chapter 5 tells of the Lamb and how He is worthy of everything that we could ever give. All honor, all power, all praise, all glory. And then Colossians, just a few books prior, Colossians 1.16 says that everything that's in existence was made by Him and for Him. And He is before all things and by Him all things consist. We literally owe every single thing that we have to God, whether it's family, our health, our possessions, and salvation itself. He is the one who is worthy. So let's please join and sing. <clears throat> worthy is the Lamb. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the price my sin and shame in love you came and gave amazing grace thank you for this love Lord thank you for the nail pierced hands washed me in your cleansing flow now all I know your forgiveness and embrace Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy. 
Thank you for singing. Let's go ahead and stay standing just for a moment and greet somebody, wave at somebody, welcome them here in the house of the Lord today. A handshake <laughs> as you wave at them and so forth. And uh, we're going to spend just a moment while you're still standing. And uh, we, have, we have a special day, brother? No. Okay. All right. Never mind. Forget what I was getting ready to say. Wave at somebody, then have a seat. And we're going to listen to some music. Amen. And I'll be back in a minute. Many of you are thankful for the all-powerful hand of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Let me encourage you sometime. Go do go through a do a little study on the right hand of God in the Word of God. And boy, the power that's in that. Amen. 
I'm going to ask Brother J.D. Spence if you'd come up this morning. We're Just take a moment. Here's what we like to do. We're going to have one more worshipful song, and then Brother Brandon Crozier is going to come preach for us this morning. Looking forward to that. But uh, We're just going to have a moment of prayer before we do that. I want you to just spend a moment. Uh, if you've got a burden on your heart, lift that up now. If you, if you know someone who's not saved, it would be a great time to pray for them by name. Let's spend a moment as a church family just in prayer. Then, then after a moment, I'm going to ask Brother J.D. to close us. Amen. Dear Lord, righteous heaven, Father, Lord, just thank you, Lord, for another day to be back in your house today, Lord. And Lord, just ask today, Lord, just touch the speaker, Lord, and Lord, help that each heart here, there's probably many, many different needs right now that needs to be met, Lord. Just help that you can speak to each heart today and meet our needs. And just thank you that we can come before thee, Lord, and Lord, just thank you for your blessings, Lord, and Lord, just thank you that how you can use one message, Lord, to touch many different people. Just thank you and praise you for it, Lord. Jesus, I do pray. Amen. As we sing our final song before the branding comes up, we do want to put ourselves in the attitude of just wanting to hear from God. Uh, whatever that may be, whether it's something um, something that we, as, as Pastor Mike had said a while back, something that we need to add, something we need to subtract. Uh, anything like that, whether it's comfortable or not, we need to hear from God. And that's our desire, that's what we want, and that's what we're praying for. So please stand as we sing, Speak, O Lord, asking Him to speak to us today. Unchanged from the dawn of 
that will echo down through eternity. And my grace will stand on your promises, and my faith will walk as you walk with us. Speak, O Lord, till your church is built, and the earth is filled with your glory. Amen. Thank you for singing. You may be seated. Oh, the green light's on. There we go. All right. Good morning. What a great song. If you want a verse to challenge your heart, make it this in Psalms. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Uh, I'm so glad to be back, and I do. Uh, I really love the first time I was here. Your love and generosity to me was so great, and I had just a great time being here. Do you have your word of God with you? The, the inspired, infallible, unchanging word of God that, hey, without this, we have nothing. You have no ground to stand on in this world, in your politics, or in your faith, in any sort of instance, without the Word of God. And you need to cherish it with your life. Would you join me this morning? Exodus chapter number 14. Exodus chapter number 14 this morning. And once you find your place there, would you stand? And we'll begin reading in verse number 10. Exodus chapter 14 this morning. Exodus 14.10, and the Bible says this, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptian marched after them. And they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever." The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? I want you to notice these next few phrases here in the Word of God. You need to really zoom in on these if you were going to take something from it. Verse number 15. Speak unto the children of Israel that they, say the next two words with me, go forward. Let's try this again. I want you to really get these two words. It says in verse 15, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. All right, let's pray together. Lord God, we love you and we thank you for the word of God and how you've helped us and how you've challenged us, Lord. I, I just don't want to be challenged. I want to be changed. I, I don't want to walk. I, I walk in as I am, but I want to leave different. I want to be changed and molded into the likeness and image of Christ. And I want to be what you'd have us to be, Lord, that pleases 
you. I don't want to please a preacher, a professor, a pastor, or a leader in our country or in our community. I want to please the Lord. And I pray, God, that you'd help us this morning, that it wouldn't be what I would have to say, but what Christ would have to say through me. The Bible says that it's not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. I pray that your word would leave an impacting change in our hearts and lives today. In Christ's name, amen. You can be seated. Thank you so much for standing. Exodus chapter 14. If, if you've been in children's churches before, you know Exodus 14. You know when Moses he puts the rod over the Red Sea and it splits. And we know the stories, the pictures, the imageries of a man with long hair with a rod that goes over, over the sea and it spreads instantly. You have that idea that, that the water spreads instantly. But did you know in, when the Red Sea parted, the Bible actually says it took all night. And it only parted in the morning. You know, we always think of things so quickly. But when it comes to the Word of God, one verse to the next could be hours, days, weeks, or months. So you need to understand that in the span of these verses here, we could talk about a distance of time here. But I want to give you background on this thought this morning on going forward. See, all of us are in one place in our lives this morning. I want you, I want you to think now, if we could take a moment to meditate, I want you to think of where you are right now spiritually. Number one, how is your Bible reading? If the Bible is not a part of your life, then God isn't either. How's your prayer life? Because if you are not praying, number one, you're full of pride. And number two, your communication with God is broken. How is that? How is your church attendance? Because it is still biblical to come to your New Testament local church to worship and congregate with believers and be a part of a family. You need to ask yourself these questions, and we're going to understand later on, after context, on why these are so important. But number one, in these verses and context, I want you to see a sweet triumph. Verse number eight, would you take your eyes there with me? Verse number eight. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with a high hand. All right. If you don't have deodorant, don't do this, but if you do, raise your hand high in the air. One hand, please. This is a sign, hey, leave them up, and uh, this is a sign of victory. This is a high hand. See, understand, you can put them down now. When the nation of Israel left Egypt, right, they were free, they had a sweet triumph. See, when God does victory in your life, you need to understand that when He does it, He does it the right way. And when He does it, He truly breaks the chains that are holding you down and binding you. So when the nation of Israel left Egypt, they didn't leave with a sour pooch mouth on their face. They didn't leave in sorrow and lamenting and sadness. They left with a high hand. Do you know what our churches need a little bit of? Is a little bit of pep in our step, a little bit of joy in our hearts. You know, as a song leader in my church, I see people sing every single Sunday. And it breaks my heart because God commands us to sing unto Him with a joyful heart. That is not an action or how you sing. It is the heart and the intention behind your song. See, people in our day have pooch mouths. You go to airports, other countries, to our different communities, Hillsville or whatever uh, you live around here. I'm not too familiar. You need to understand this, that God saved you to give you some joy in your heart. Understand this, Jesus did not just come to save you from hell. Christ came that you may have life and have it more abundantly, but He also came to set you free from sin. Listen, Christ came that you do not have to sin anymore. You are no longer under the chains and bounds that the devil once had you in, and now you are saved, redeemed, justified, and set apart by the blood of Christ. So you need to understand, these Israelites had sweet triumph. Do you remember when the Lord set you free? Hey, don't you dare forget it. You remember when God made a change? when you needed one, when he answered that prayer, when he gave that sweet victory. 
You know that the Bible says that we have the victory through Christ Jesus our Lord, that you can have sweet triumph. And there was something that challenged me. We live in a modern day of entertainment, of social media, TV, and things of that nature. Understand this. The only reason an individual needs entertainment is when they don't have the joy of the Lord. Let me say that again for some of, uh, of kids my age, if I was going to say that. The only reason you need entertainment is because you've lost the entertainment and fulfillment and joy of the Lord. And the Israelites here, they have the joyment of the Lord. They have the fulfillment from God, and they have a sweet triumph. Number two, I do want you to realize, but understand, when you have victory in life, understand serious trouble will come. Number two in your background, notice serious trouble, verse number nine. I want us to put us there. I want you to think, you've just been set free, you're on your trek for God, and here comes serious trouble, verse number nine. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them encamping by the sea beside Pihiroth and Beelzephon. After the sweet triumph was felt, there came serious trouble. So they're encamping by the Red Sea. In other words, they pitched their tent. They probably had some marshmallows, some hot dogs. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm just kidding. They didn't probably have those. But Pharaoh and Egypt decided that they wanted them back. Understand this. When Christ sets you free, the world immediately wants you back. When Christ sets you free, your past wants you to go back. And you know what worries me and troubles me? There's a lot of us today who have went back and we went back willingly. But we come into serious trouble. Here's what happens though. At this time in world history, you need to understand, the Egyptian army is the top dog. They are number one. They have the biggest army. They have the strongest guys. Or they got the biggest tanks if they had them back then, which they didn't. But I'm trying to give you images. They were big and bad. They aren't some little army. They are like modern day America when it comes to warlike things. They were top notch. And understand this. When the top army comes after the weakest group of people, that's pretty scary. That's serious trouble. Understand this. The Israelites had been captive for over 400 years in Egypt. You know what that means? They have no formal physical training. They have no army-like skills or anything like that. They've only been servants their whole life. So they can't fight back. They don't have weapons. They don't have swords. They don't have chariots. They don't have horse. They can't do anything. But understand, when you are weak, then Christ is strong. And we see serious trouble here. How many of you know when God's people are in serious trouble? God always comes in like a hero, saving the day. But before then, verse number 10, I want you to notice sudden terror. Sudden terror. And it says, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And the phrase says this, And they were sore afraid. You know why they were afraid? How many of you, I mean, I would be fearful if I thought I could die right now. If someone was coming to get me and to kill me, I would be pretty fearful. You know what shocks me, Christian, is we have a pursuing adversary that's coming after you that is Satan, and you don't seem to care one single bit. I'm scared of certain things in this world. I don't want to go back to certain things in this world. Some people think I'm this perfect little Christian kid. I grew up in a Christian home and then I went to a Christian school. Listen, I'm a public school, born and bred kind of guy. I've been there my whole life. I know what kids do. I know how they act. I've been in it. I've been involved. And I understand this. The world will let you down. And it will destroy you if you allow yourself to be given unto it. 
But the sudden terror comes. They, they could easily become slaves again. They could easily become captured. They could lose everything they had worked so hard for. They had no weapons. They had no trainings. They were weak. They were trapped. And they were scared. This was not something that they saw coming. Because God set them free, so why in the world would an adversary be pursuing them? If God set, you, set us free, you need to understand we still have an adversary, though we are set free. When the problems arise, and we aren't sure what's going to happen, you ever been uncertain before? I sure have. But when uncertainties arise, I know our God still stands firm. And the sudden terror, you know what happens when, when so a newborn Christian gets saved, right? And there's glory for about two or three weeks or maybe a month. They're just, mm, mm, they're all pumped and ready to go. And then when the first trial comes, that'll really test what's going on in your life. Who you are in the midst of trials is the real you. And the faith you have in the midst of troubles is the real you. It's easy to be a Christian and act saved when everything's sitting in the shade, drinking ice-cold pink lemonade. But it ain't going to be good if a storm comes. The trials will show you your true self. And the nation of Israel, their true self came out with a sarcastic tantrum. How many of you are parents? Would you raise your hand with us? Parents. Praise the Lord. That's a lot of people. You can put those hands down. And I hope one day the Lord gives me kids. But you know what I've noticed working with kids? Man, some of them got an attitude. Sometimes, sometimes you might want to pray, Lord, I wish that was my kid because we would whip that hind end. Something like that. And I'm just joking with you. But understand this. We have a lot of adults today who are acting like little kids. Hold on, let me repeat that for some of you adults who maybe didn't hear me or didn't believe me. Some of you adults, and myself included, are acting like children. What happens is the nation of Israel, all these people, they're leaving, they're all with a high hand, hello, and they are leaving and they're going, they're following God. And you know what happens to them? Let's look, verse number 12, shall we go there? It says, here is the words of the Israelites talking to Moses. Here's what they say. Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? Question mark. They're asking a question. So the question is this. Did we not ask? Basically, they're saying, we told you we didn't want to go, and you made us go anyways, is what they're saying. Understand, Christian, when trials get tough, all of a sudden, you want to hit the reverse button on everything that God's been doing in your life. And you know what Christians tend to do? What happened is, God set them free from slavery, and all of a sudden, a little bit of trial comes, a little bit of storm arises, and all of a sudden, they want to go, beep, 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 and they want to go backwards on everything that God was doing in their life. They wanted to hit the reverse button, in other words. And you know what they did? They threw a tantrum. Understand this. How dare you ever... Tell God you want to go back. You know what you're saying? Jesus Christ wasn't good enough for you. Salvation and fellowship and relationship wasn't satisfactory to your likings. What they're saying here is, we'd rather serve the world than suffer with God. But you know what the book of Psalms says? I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell Intents of wickedness. For one day with the Lord is better than 10,000 elsewhere. One day, give me God. And they threw this sarcastic tantrum. 
Oftentimes, the children of God, I know I've been in churches, I, I preached in them, I, I do things in our church, I understand church people and how church people act, and some of us today are throwing sarcastic tantrums because things aren't going your way. We know what, what, what I've been guilty of. I have preached. People get young preachers to preach sometimes when they don't have a pastor or they just need someone to fill in because the church is struggling. Or so, In other words, I'm like the third string quarterback of when you get called in, all right? You got like um, Charles Spurgeon, Kenny Baldwin, all kinds of people like that. And then you got t- tier two. And then you call in the third stringer. You know it's go time. And um, what I've learned in churches today is there's usually a group of people who've got a problem with their own church. And I don't know if that's you or maybe this church is perfect and y'all don't have any struggles. But there's normally a group in churches who throw sarcastic tantrums all the time. And let me hear me clearly. Follow the Lord and not your own heart. For the heart is desperately wicked, right? Deceitful above all things. It will trick you. Boys, your heart will trick you when it comes to a girl. Girls, you think that little boy loves you? He don't love you. Understand this. Someone who is not saved cannot love you. How do we know that? God is love. So God, not indwelling in an individual, they'll never be able to love you properly. It will only be lust. True love comes from a life that's filled with God. But we see a sarcastic tantrum. I'm going to give you a story. How many of you like sports? I love sports. And if you don't like my team, then you're wrong, all right? We'll just agree on that. I'm a hokey, all right? Hallelujah. If you, yeah. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. If you're a cavalier, we will ask for you to repent. Praise the Lord. All right? I'm a Chicago Bears fan. I love the Bears, all right? I'm not a, not a, I don't know what y'all don't like. We don't like the Cowboys, all right? My dad's a Cowboys fan. We don't like that. Half of the congregation's probably a Cowboys fan, praise the Lord. Well, I want to give you a story before we get into some main points this morning. There were 128 runners in the field for the cross-country race at the 1993 Division II Track and Field Championship. As they set out on the 6.2-mile run, They were following a course that had been marked by them by the race officials, right? They're just following the course as it's been followed in their race for their colleges. Toward the end of the course, one of the runners in the middle of the group realized something was wrong. This is a true story. His name was Mike Del Cavo. He went to Western State College in Colorado, and he saw, he was in the middle of the pack, so he looks forward, and he sees that a majority of the people are going the wrong way. He says this, I was waving for them to follow me and yelling, this is the right way. That's what he told an interviewer after the race. Del Cavo was right. They were all going the wrong direction. 121 out of the 126 went the wrong direction in that race. Only four other runners followed him. The rest continued on the shortcut, which allowed them to run a shorter distance and finish the race sooner. Basically, I call that cheating. Okay, In a widely criticized decision, the race officials allowed the abbreviated route to count as the official course, and Del Cavo finished 123rd out of 126. The world does not always reward staying on track, literally or figuratively. 
But the path we follow is important to God. One day, those of us who have already trusted in Christ for our salvation will appear before the Lord for an evaluation of service. Our interest into heaven is sure, right? Once saved, always saved. Amen? That we, we absolutely stand on that with the Word of God. But rewards or the loss of them for how we spend our lives are not so sure, even though heaven is. When we stand before the Lord, no shortcuts will be recognized. Understand that. No shortcuts will be recognized when it comes to the Word of God and the course that you're on. When we stand before God, only those who have run the race by His guidebook will be recognized. I want to preach a message to you titled this, We Must Go Forward. You saw in verse number 15, it says at the end, Go Forward. You know what happened in this day and age of Moses and these Israelites? I want you to picture, I want you to, everyone breathe in. Breathe out, not with your mouth, I don't want to smell breath. Breathe out with your nose. Alright, I'm just picking. I want you to try to picture, you're standing, the Red Sea's in front of you, right? Try to smell the, the air or the, the fishy smell that you get around bodies of water or maybe some sand or debris that's on the, on the bank there. And I want you to soak it in, just picture, alright, the Red Sea's in front of you. To your left hand is wilderness. You can't go that way. There's over a million of you. You can't travel that way. To your right hand, there's wilderness there too. I can't go that direction either. And you know what? I might go behind me if the largest army in the entire world wasn't right behind me, tracking me down like a bloodhound seeking me to take me. In other words... They were trapped. They were what I like to call bamboozled. That's one of my favorite new words. They were trapped and stuck. You ever been there before? But this doesn't have to do with trials. And this has nothing to do with you going through a storm. This has to do with the stagnancy of your Christian life. How stagnant you are. The other day I was cleaning out the fridge at work. And there was a there was a Coke, not a Coke. There was a, there was a cup of yogurt with blueberries in it. It had been in there probably three or four months. And you know that those things get stagnant, they mold, they start to decay, and they get gross and disgusting. And that's how a lot of our Christians are today. We just decay, and we're breaking, and we're going down at a rapid rate. So they're in a pretty situation. They're in a scary situation, sorry. For the time of it, they had a decision to make, though, because the Word of God told Moses they must what? Go forward from where they are now. But they're trapped. What do you mean, go forward? They have to go forward. See, the only way God's going to make a way for you to grow is if you take the first step. Do you know that you, only, you can only control one thing in your life? You can only control one thing. And that is your relationship with God. Everything else is out of your hands. You have no control. So with the one thing you can control, how are you doing with it? How are you doing with your relationship, the fellowship with God? What they had to do is, see, understand, Christian, you can go forward or you can go backwards. You can put the car into drive or you can put it into reverse. Understand and hear me clearly. When you're walking in your relationship with God, it is similar to that of standing in a river. Any of you like fishing? I know we got some country boys and girls in here. You like fishing? 
You know what I learned while fishing? You can go into the middle of the river, cast your lure and everything, and reel in something. I don't ever catch anything, but I just try. Just stand there and look pretty in the water. But what you learn is you look at the bank from where you got there, and then all of a sudden an hour or two passes, and you look, how did I get all the way downstream? How did it drag me that far? Over time, you just start to step, rock here, trip here, move spots and fish. And over time, without you even realizing it, you've went downstream. And you didn't even know it. Hear me clearly about a truth you can understand in your Christian life. You are either going forward or going backwards. There is no neutral in the Christian life. You are going forward or backwards this morning. Hear me clearly. If you are not as close to God as you've ever been right now, you have went backwards and you are backslidden. And that convicts my heart too. If you're not at your closest point right now, you have backslidden. That convicts my heart. I'm preaching to myself as well. You have an option. You can push on. You can fall back. There's, there's always, there's a motion either way. You've got to decide where you're going to go because each one of you have a direction that you're going. Now, some people ask me, why in the world do I need to go forward? What more do I have to do? Understand, in our passage today, there are five reasons, and I'm going to do them quick. I, you know, I'm hungry too. All right, we got to get out of here, eat some food, some pizza, praise the Lord, something like that. But understand, we got five reasons why we have to go forward. Because if you don't hear me clearly, you will go backwards and back to Egypt you will go. You know why Christians are back in the world living in sin and living in wickedness? It's because they refuse to go forward. You want to know why you're back in your sin and your wickedness? It's because you refuse to go forward. And the nation of Israel had a choice. They go forward unto the promised land. They go forward with God or... They go back to Egypt and be slaves for a few more hundred years. Who knows how long? Understand, your direction in your life will determine where you go. That's pretty common. Some people wonder why they're unsuccessful, or why they're failing, or why their Christian life seems like it's struggling so bad. It's because you're refusing to go forward. Now, when you go forward, there's some stuff you've got to give up. There's some things. Listen, I will give up going out and partying on Friday night with college kids to serve the Lord. I'll give up hooking up and shacking up to serve the Lord. I'll give up going to play the party scene to have a family one day I can invest in. I'll give that up. But to some Christians, it seems the world in Egypt somehow looks prettier and better than what God has to offer you. If you've been saved and walking with the Lord, you know with God it is so much better. The grass truly is greener on the other side with God than what the tents of wickedness can offer. Five reasons why you must go forward. Number one, you have a pursuing adversary. Verse number nine. The Egyptians pursued after them. Let me just, let's just cut to the chase here, alright? You are being chased by the devil. There is a devil and some Christians feel like he does not exist or he is a man in a red cartoon, you know, with a little pitchfork. Understand this. If the devil were to be in church today, he would wear the nicest suit with the best looking hair and he would say the best things. People think Satan is ugly and that he looks so disgusting. Oh, Satan is beautiful. That's why so many people are attracted to him. He's not going to come in here looking like a monster. He's beautiful. He'd probably speak better than me and your pastor combined. He'd be, he'd be more knowledgeable of the Scriptures than anyone. That's why we have so many wolves in sheep's clothing today. 
the pursuing adversary, understand this. You know what's pursuing you? It's the sin that is prevalent in our society today that you are dabbling in a little bit of here and a little bit of there. See, you know what America has become? A buffet line of sins and the Christians are grabbing their plate. It has to be clean. And they're going with their clean plate that Christ has already washed and they're taking a little bit of pornography. I need a little bit of immorality. I'm going to take a little bit of adultery. I want a second-hand thing of here of, of all kinds of lying and idolatry and things of that nature. And we're sitting down and we're buffeting on what America has to offer you. And I'm telling you, you wonder why you're getting spiritually unbalanced, why you have no nutrition in your life. It's because you keep eating junk and you wonder why you're getting bigger or why you're getting unhealthy in your spiritual life. You are what you eat. You ever heard that? That can be applied to you spiritually as well. You, did you know that your heart, right, your mind, your soul, and your emotions, they are a, your words are a direct reflection of your heart. You want to know where someone's heart is? Listen to them speak. That's their heart. That's just something I want you to take heed to. You can know where people's hearts are. Now, this pursuing adversary is the pride and lying that is most common in our world. It is the cheating and cursing that take holds on our mind. Listen, if you don't go forward, the adversary will get you. This is not a joke. I do not want to see you fail. You know what scares me to death the most? And I will be transparent with you because this grieves me. What hurts me is seeing older Christians, seasoned saints in the faith, act like nothing's happening. See, in majority of churches today, people are older than me. You know what scares me to death? Is for me to get to a certain age, 50, 60, 70, and look back and say, I wasted my life. And I'm going to be quite honest with you. Can, can we talk like adults right now? Let's, let's handle this adult. Some of you are wasting your life right now. In a job, in your spiritual life. See, you don't get time back. It, it doesn't come back. If you refuse to go forward, you're wasting all this time you could have spent doing something profitable. Why in the world would you spend six hours watching TV or playing on Facebook or playing whatever you do on Twitter or any of your apps when you could do so much more with your time and efforts? Why do you bicker and complain with your husband and wife when you could love and actually go for the admonition and respect of the Lord? Why do we do these things? I'm tired of Christians wasting their life. I have preached funerals and I have been to funerals of Christians and adults who did nothing zilch in their life for God. That scares me to death. Does that not scare you? That your life, when you die, could mean zilch? What are we doing? We refuse to go forward. There's somebody chasing me. If you don't go forward, it's similar to that of a game of tag when you were a kid. The, the, the tagger's coming to get you, and he's going to if you refuse to go forward. Understand this, if you refuse to go forward, don't be surprised when you're in a sinful storm. Some people say, oh, the devil, I'm in a storm right now. I'm in a trial. I'm in a trial because God put me here. Understand and hear me clearly. Majority of trials that you were in, you put yourself there. God didn't put you there. The trials that you're putting yourself in, you put yourself there when you refuse to go forward. Don't be surprised when you're slaves to sin again. You don't go forward. You're going back. There's that, those are your only options. It's, you can't stay stagnant where you are right now in your nice tie and your nice pants and your clothes here. It doesn't stay that way. Either you go there or you go there. So if you are not going forward, you're going backwards. Don't be surprised when it takes you a lot further than you thought you'd go. Don't be surprised when you end up right where you used to be. You know, when I was in high school, I used to the girls used to call me a player. Kids, you know what that means? A player. 
I used to cuss. I used to be on varsity basketball and all kinds of things. I used to live it. I don't want it back for one second. I don't want it back at all. Because I know. How many of you know in Psalms 103 the benefits of the Lord? There are benefits with God that the world can never compare to. We must go forward because of a pursuing adversary. Number two, we have to go forward because of a progressive advancement. Verse number nine. And it says they were encamping by the, beside Pi-Hi-Hiroth and Beelzephon. The idea here is growth. Understand, God put them in this situation though. He told Moses that they had to camp right here. There has to be something. You know why we need to go forward? It's because you need to grow to change this world. Do you know why? You know the number one reason why people don't want to be Christians? It's Christians. That's the number one reason why people don't want it. You know why people don't want Jesus and why there's a society outside of these walls that hates us? It's because we put a bad name on it ourselves. We've done it. It's not because they're just of the devil living world. We've done it. We're living just like them. Live in sin, go to church, or live in sin and don't go to church. I'm sure I know which one they'll take. Why would they want it? Why do they have, what do you have that the world seems to want? We're not growing. We're not maturing. You know what saddens me? I go into churches as a younger man. There should be more older adults, older than me, who step up and are spiritually mature. Now, we know spiritual maturity is not based on age. It is not. All right? If you're 85 years old, there could be a 12-year-old more spiritually mature than you. We understand that. But you know what? If you've been saved for a period of time, you ought to have growth in your life. How do you know if you've grown? How do you know if you've went forward? Think about yourself one year ago today. One year ago today. If you haven't grown or see a big growth in yourself spiritually, you're not going forward. There should be an obvious change within a year when God's dealing with your heart. God wants us to grow. He wants us to keep going. And He, do, he doesn't want you to stay by the Red Sea forever. All right, He wants you to keep growing. It's good to mature into like Pastor taught about this morning, spiritual leadership. It's good to keep going with God. The question is, will you continue with God or will you fall backwards? Will you, you have a choice. See, I don't know why it's so hard, but we won't make the right decision. See, here's your options. You go forward with God, you grow, or you go backwards and have storm and trial and the issues of life, as Proverbs says. You, you go forward with God's blessing upon your life, or you go backwards and live with the world's blessings. I don't understand why it's so hard sometimes. Maybe that's just me. But, but don't you want to grow with God? Don't you want to go with God? Don't you want to go forward and grow and challenge yourself to be better every single day? This, the idea of going forward is not being perfect. It's just being better than you were yesterday. It's trying harder, being more, working harder, going with God more, putting away sin, and putting on Christ in the armor of God, as Ephesians chapter 6 says. God has so much in store for you, but if you won't go forward, you'll never see it. You'll never see it if you don't go forward. The nation of Israel, if they did not go forward, they lose every blessing that God ever would have gave them. Everything. And you know why your life isn't blessed? It's because you just won't go. You won't go forward. And it hurts my heart to see Christians sour, broken, stagnant. And they wonder why. It's because you won't go forward. Number three. You need to go forward because of your past actions. Your past actions. Verse number 12. 
Is this not the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. See, what happened was Israel left Egypt, but Egypt didn't leave, leave Israel. In other words, Israel left Egypt physically, but Egypt never left the heart of Israel. You know what's happened? We have a lot of Christians who've left the world, but the world still lives and dwells in you. And you're not changed whatsoever. See, we need to go forward because of past actions. You need to remember, Israel needs to remember that there were nights of rejection and shame as slaves. It was bad living. They need to remember the beatings and the attacks day and night. They need to remember your past sinful habits. You know why you need to go forward? Because of the past you, who you used to be, how you used to act, what life used to be like. I need to go forward because I sure don't want to go over there. I don't want to go back to where I used to live or how I lived or what. Listen, if that's not you, then Christ hasn't made that much of a change in you. Because when Christ comes in and indwells you, He takes you from here and He makes a clear change. And there's a new creature when Christ comes in. The old man is put away. The new man is put on. There is always a clear, definite change. And I do not want to go back there. My heart was broken. My life was destroyed. And I was hurt so desperately. I don't want to go back. That's why we have to go forward. The Israelites are standing there on the bank. I'm going to go forward because I don't want to go back. I'm not going back. And I'm telling you, if you don't go forward, you will go back. Do you remember what you used to be? Do you remember how your heart used to feel? Do you remember the sin and disparity in your life? Do you remember living without Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You really want that back? You can have it. I promise you, you don't. Do you really want to go back to Egypt again? Understand this, and some of you know what this term, term means. I'm telling you, don't get played by the devil. You know what the devil will do? He will lure you with a pretty little lure. He'll suck you in and you'll bite it and you're gone back. And this almost happened to the Israelites that they wanted to go back. Understand that sin never satisfies and understand that sin is never satisfied. You think indulging in it will clear it once? You think fornication with your girlfriend is going to satisfy that need? You think smoking that cigarette completes you? Or drinking one thing of alcohol will satisfy your need? You think it does? Because I know it doesn't. I've been there, done that. I've, I've lived a life of trying to please my flesh. It never is satisfied. It never grows. You understand, what you feed will grow in your life. You have no hunger for the Word of God because you're not reading the Word of God. You have a hunger for sin because you're in sin. Understand, what you feed grows and what you starve dies in your Christian life. Don't let Satan tell you that living with him is better than living with God. Don't let Satan tell you that there is something left back in Egypt. Don't go back to Egypt. There is nothing there for you. No prosperity, no life, no, no, no. Don't go back to Egypt. I'm warning you, if you go back, your life will be a mess. Now, there is forgiveness with God. He is long-suffering, full of compassion and mercy, and He loves us. I've seen a Christian go and come back, but man, the scars they come back with when they come back. Of the beatings, the extra lashings that the world gives you. You want to go? Okay. You go ahead. You go backwards. You go ahead back where you used to be. Go ahead. But don't, please, don't come back running to us like we didn't warn you, to the congregation. Because God's warning you, don't go back. 
because of your past actions. You don't want to be who you used to be. I sure don't. Number four, we need to go forward because of a permanent assistance in verse number 14. It says, the Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. Go forward, God will be with you. Go backward, Egypt will be with you. Go forward, God will bless you. Go backward, Egypt will bless you. Go forward, God will protect you. Go backward, Egypt will protect you. Don't you see the comparison? Understand, God and Egypt don't compare. Everything is so much greater with God. My life is sweeter. My joy is more fulfilled. My life is greater when I'm serving the Lord and walking and going forward. There is fulfillment and joy and satisfaction. You know why? Christians don't think that there's joy and satisfaction with Jesus, it's because they never tried it. I mean, if you got little kids, you know, hey, you want to try this broccoli? Ew, no, I don't like broccoli, right? Well, have you tried it before? No, I ain't going to try it. And then you ask them, how do you know you like it? You know why some of y'all don't have an appetite for the Word of God? You never tried it. You know why you don't have an appetite for prayer? You've never tried it. Understand this, when you try it and you eat it when it's good, you'll never go back. You'll love it forever. But understand, (laughs) this is the good. When you go forward, you have permanent assistance. The Bible says the Lord shall fight for you. He is with you when you're going forward. He is along your side. As as your pastor said, He, the book of Psalms says He holds you by His right hand. Do you know if God holds you by His right hand, where are you? Holding His hand. Alright? You understand that? We are walking side by side in fellowship with God when you're going forward. And it is good. It is a good life. I'm not complaining. It is great. It is grand. I wouldn't trade it for the world. But here's the question. Would you rather have God's blessings or Egypt's? Would you rather have God protect you or Egypt? Would you rather have God with you or Egypt? Satan will always try to make the world look as good as God or better. Understand this, you cannot go backwards and ever have success in the eyes of God. You are only successful to God if you are in His will. If you're out of it, you'll never be successful in every area of your life. We must go forward because of permanent assistance. How many of you know the Bible says that the Lord does not forsake us, right? That He is with us. And when you're in fellowship with Him, it's sweet. If you've been there, it's sweet. And God offers permanent assistance when you're going forward. He'll be along with you all along the way. You don't... Listen, we live in a society that feels alone and saddened and broken. God is with you when you're going forward. And it's sweet to walk in sweet felt. You don't have to go alone. They didn't have to cross that Jordan River alone. The Red Sea, sorry, correction. They didn't have to cross the Red Sea alone. Because God was there guiding them. The hand of God was seen clearly. And when you're going forward... It seems like a lot of coincidences seem to happen in your life. People of prayer have a lot of coincidences. And I'm putting those in parentheses or or air quotes because they're not coincidences. You think the the Red Sea being parted on both sides was a coincidence? No, when you go forward, God can do things you never imagined. When you go forward, God will do and make a way that you never thought was. You need your marriage fixed? Go forward. You need your life restored? Go forward. You need the empty void in your heart to be filled? Go forward. Because God can and will do things that you never could imagine. And then number five, we obviously go forward because of the proper adjustment. Verse number 15. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. If you write in your Bible, I would highlight that, circle that. Because that is so important in your life. We must go forward because of the proper adjustment. It is time now to grow. 
It is now time to go. It's time now. Do you understand what time we are in today? Do you understand the times that we're in? That we need to make the most of what God has given us. We need to make an adjustment in our life. How many of you are perfect? Please stand. Well, we all admitted we're not. So we have areas in our life we need to go forward. We've got things we need to change. We must go forward. We need to keep reading the Bible. You understand, people get away from this book. Sin will keep you away from the book, or the book will keep you away from sin. You can also apply that to prayer as well. It's much harder to gossip about someone that you've been praying about. Much harder. Keep praying every day. Keep handing out gospel tracts. The adjustment is time to... You remember when I asked you before we got started with the message on where you are spiritually? Wherever you are, here's the trick. Wherever you are, you have to go forward from there. Wherever you are, whether you are not saved, you need to go forward and trust Christ as Savior. If you're a new Christian, you go forward and start studying and learning and growing. If you've been saved for a while, you need to grow even more. Start serving in your church. Start being a witness for God. Keep growing. And then if you're a seasoned saint who's been saved and serving for years, you've got room to go too. Keep growing. Keep going. And God will do something magical and special. I don't mean the word magical like he's hibbity-bobbity-boo or something of that nature. But God does something great in our lives when we go forward. But... But, hear me clearly. Look, let me see your eyes. I want to see all of your eyes. Understand me clearly. The choice is yours. God is not going to kick your hind end to cross the Red Sea. He's not going to kick you or push you or make you or force you to have a relationship with Him. Going forward is going to be your decision. And if the Lord's laying something on your heart or on your mind right now, of some area that's lacking or you know you need to go forward in, then you know. If God brings it to mind, then pay heed to it. We all got areas. I got them. You do. I do. We're on the same boat. But wherever you are, we must go forward because I'm not going back. I'm not going back to what Christ set us free from, whether that's sin, a life of emptiness, whatever it may be. God told His people this, and you circle and highlight it in verse 15. Go forward. Wherever you are, go forward. Let's go ahead and we'll bow and have a, a moment of invitation. As you're bow, every, head, uh, every head bowed and every eye closed, and I want you to just sit there and think. I'm not asking you to pray yet, but I do just want you to sit there and think. What, what is one area that I can change today? What is one thing I can improve on right now? What is something that can change now? If the Lord is laying something on your heart that you need to go forward on, would you raise your hand? Would you be honest? What are some areas that God can go forward? If, if the Lord lays something on your heart, please raise your hand. All right, you can put your hands down. Praise the Lord. I will ask this. If, if there is anyone unsaved in here and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you want to go forward to serve the true and living God, is there anyone like that today with a show of hand? Anyone who doesn't know the Lord as Savior. All right, with that testimony, everyone in here is saved. As the piano starts playing softly, I would just challenge you, would you please go forward? I don't want to come back in a few years or however long, or if I ever get to come back. I don't want to see you again and think and realize, wow, they have really fallen or went backwards. We all have areas we can go forward. 
and now God offers you permanent assistance, you have a pursuing adversary, the progressive advancement, all many reasons to go forward with God. Why don't you grab your family members? Why don't you grab yourself? Pray in your seat. Pray at the altar. Wherever it is that you need to go forward, as a family, as an individual, whatever area it is, take it to the Lord because He will help you if you're willing to take the next step. true words you're either going forward or you're going backwards listen to the admonition hey let's go forward amen let's go forward individually spiritually in our walk with the lord and great message my brother great challenge today and really appreciate it go ask your brother brandon if you'd head on to the back so folks could come by and whatever we do in this day and age we live in shake your hands wave at you kick you whatever they want to do anyway <laughs> that was a great message great challenge and uh I believe boys gonna make a preacher, don't y'all? Amen, amen. Proud, proud to have just a just a small part. Got to teach him a little bit, and not how to preach. The Lord did that, amen. But a little bit in Bible college, and looking forward to that young man's future. And I'm so thankful he's serving the Lord. And how many were challenged from the Word of God this morning? How many would just be? Listen, I know we usually do head bows. How many just? He's already asked you, but how many just be honest publicly here? Say I got some areas I need to go forward in, in my walk with the Lord. Amen. My hand's up too. Hey, let's do it. Amen. Let's do it. Let's do it. Can I encourage you to be here? Uh, of course, be here Tuesday night. Amen. Uh, final final of our series on financial principles from the Word of God. It's a real practical help. And then uh, be here next Sunday. Be in your place next Sunday. Very, uh, very uh, special day for our church. We need a, a lot of prayer around next Sunday. So both Sunday morning and Sunday night. Uh, we'll be sharing more uh, coming next week. But let's pray and let's ask God to uh, just bless us and uh, and let's go forward. Father, what a privilege it is to be here, to, to have heard the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God. Lord, thank you for the challenge we heard this morning. Lord, help us indeed learn to go forward. Lord, you're worth, you're so much better than Egypt. You're so much better than what this world has to offer. And no matter what the devil tells us, Lord, may we always be reminded of that. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than the king of Persia any day of the week, Lord. Help us to go forward for the glory of God. We're going to close with a, and we'll give you praise, honor, and glory for it. We're going to close with one song, and, uh, and we'll be dismissed. All right, if everyone go ahead and please stand. Ultimately, we want everything to be for the glory of God, so we're going to sing to God be the glory as we head out today and finish out the rest of your day giving glory to God. To God be the glory. To God be the glory, great things He hath done, so loved we the world that He gave us His Son. 